to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. Now, here is your host. Hello, friends. Welcome to Accidental Hope, a place where we share hope and build community from a faith perspective. We are hope seekers, which is found in Jesus. And today, I want to talk to you about a season of depression. This is not my normally scheduled episode. Originally, I had a Christian comedian scheduled for today. It is April 1st, and I'm coming to you live from my closet. But in my spirit, I felt God nudging me that this isn't the message he wanted to share on this day, that we normally pull practical jokes on each other. I knew that the subject matter would still be the same. Because the original message was that the enemy wants to steal our joy in a season of depression. And today I want to talk to you about the lessons I learned from my personal season of depression. It wasn't a place where I was stuck in, but a journey I was going through. And so some of you might have already heard pieces of this story. Um... I never realized how quickly my worldview and emotional inventory could look so differently in just a blink of an eye. On October 3rd, 2016, I went to bed, a normal mom, wife. My identity felt pretty solid. I had occasional mild anxiety when you know, doctor's appointments with my daughters or news of things that were happening with my husband's job at the time, you know, financial provision, things like that, but nothing, um, nothing catastrophic. So on October 3rd, I went to bed and October 4th, I woke up and it was a beautiful day. It was a crisp fall day. And everything seemed normal. I was still this wife of, you know, we had just celebrated our 15th uh, wedding anniversary. We had kids that were involved in activities. Um, We were happy, healthy, grateful. Um, Didn't mean that life was perfect. We had things that were going on. But on October 5th, After an accident with fatality, at that time we didn't know that the man I was involved in the accident with would pass away, but it was likely, and I think I knew in my spirit what was going to happen. I didn't know all that was going to happen, but I woke up that morning, and I remember looking out the window, and I was just shocked, completely shocked that the sun was still shining. Right now we are facing this unknown enemy, this virus, and for a lot of people we're just at home with our families sheltering in place. And we hear these stories on the news and these graphs and this exponential growth of a death toll. A global a global crisis. And I'm looking out my closet window right now, and the sun is still shining. The breeze is still moving the leaves. The birds are swooping down as if nothing has changed in their world. 
And for many of us, we will know someone who has been affected by the virus. And these numbers can sound very scary. The projection of when things will return to, quote, normal can be very unsettling. And some of us may be feeling the grief, the cycles of grief of this change. And I felt that didn't know what I was feeling that morning on October 5th, but I woke up and I remember being shocked that the sun still came up, but it did in fact still come up. And my world looked a little bit different because at that point I was still in shock. If you are experiencing sudden grief and change, you might be in a state of shock or denial that things are changing. Parts of you will still want to comply with routine. And then you have to go, oh, wait, you know, um, things are different now. So I didn't know that I was entering into a seasoned depression. At that point, I was still just so hopeful in some ways that God was going to create this amazing miracle and that he would be supernaturally healed. I wept and I cried out to God and I prayed without ceasing. I was even bargaining and willing to give up my own life for this man's life. I was begging God, begging God for that miracle. And it didn't happen in the form that I thought it would. It happened in the calling him home to be with Jesus two days later. And what I want to talk to you about today, really, is not this gloom and doom. There really is good news on the other side of this tragedy. And right now, we don't know how long this season is going to last. Projections say maybe June, July, August, the world will look a little bit more normal, whatever normal is. But obviously... For hundreds of thousands of people worldwide, their normal will be forever changed because of this crisis. Just like the family of David, who I hurt, his life looked forever, their lives looked forever different. In many, 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 many ways, my life never returned to, quote, normal. It looked different. And we've adjusted, and we're grateful for the lessons that have been learned. So I want to talk to you about the book of Job. Many times in my life, friends have watched my family and I go through many trials, whether that was surgeries or diagnoses, <laughs> diagnosis, is that right? I don't know. <laughs> um many trials where many people started to just call us cursed or not cursed but stuff that would happen freak accidents where I couldn't make this stuff up like maybe God was picking on us like we were the aunt and he was like the little guy with the magnifying glass I know sometimes people feel like that but never in my life have I really 
felt like that. In fact, I have this joke of when I share my testimony and people are like, wow, you've been through a lot in your lifetime. And I'm like, that's not a lifetime. That's just the last 18 months. <laughs> and I laugh because it's okay. I've come through it and we're, we're still trucking and nothing has dimmed what Jesus has done in our lives and through those circumstances. So I can still have joy. But there was a few months, a period of a very dark place where I couldn't find my joy, guys. I couldn't find it. I was in the throes of depression. So when you look through Job, one, I'm grateful for this account of this man who truly loved the Lord And we have this story to go to, to read, to look at how his entire world, every single aspect of life, from his physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, his family dynamics, everything changed. But the one thing that remained was that nothing could take his love for for God away. That was his identity. His true identity was what was eternal. It wasn't the amount of sheep or herds or animals that he had. It wasn't his friends. It wasn't his number of children. All of those things are so amazing that we can wrap our identity in. But when things like a coronavirus or whatever curveball life throws at you, Those things can suddenly look very different. And we see the obedience of Job and how he lamented and praised God and even wrestled with God a little bit throughout his his journey. But what's interesting is we know that we're not alone. Despite however you feel in whatever place you are in your faith, faith journey, we're all in this together. In a globally, um, in a worldwide way, we are united by our suffering, which is very unique. Um, It's something that could be beautiful in some aspects. I must admit that I had to repent that when this first news of this virus out was an outbreak in in Asia I didn't stop and pause and just really plead for the people in China in Wuhan I didn't I remember thinking oh that's terrible you know oh my goodness I I hope they figure that out this is like the very first mention of it very first mention of it but I didn't really understand Um, And I think many people didn't understand the capacity of what was about to unfold. And we still don't know. A year from now, we might listen to this podcast episode in 2021. And who knows what those numbers are going to be. God can still make a miraculous change. And this virus is defeated immediately. And the numbers cease now. But we don't know what God has in plan uh, in store for us. We don't know the future. 
um, I do know that I, I needed to repent personally and how much I feel connected to all the places of the world, how we're just not that much different. There's some things out of our control. And so I look at the first lesson was just understanding that depression is not permanent. It's a journey. It's a season. You're not meant to be stuck in that, but you're absolutely not alone and you are completely valid in your emotions and your feelings and whatever you're feeling. So the lessons that I learned was that right after the book of Job comes the Psalms. And of course, it's the Psalms of David. So this was very unique for me in my journey because the man who I hurt, his name was David. So even listening to the Psalms, every every time I listened to something, his name stung, it hurt. Um, it was I was very sensitive to it. Where I needed to hear it, I needed to, I needed God's word, and I knew that the Psalms should be comforting, but at the same time, it was very, very difficult, um, because I was wrestling with understanding where I was and how I fit in this world after being an accidental killer. But what Psalms teaches us, it's two things. It's how to lament well and how to praise God in the midst of whatever you're going through. So the first lesson, besides realizing that you're not alone in whatever you're feeling, there is someone else out there going through this. And even if that person is an unknown name, you are still in this together. And you can in praying for yourself, also pray for the other people that are walking the same road as you are, because you may not know them, but God does. And so I, I um, encourage you to do, try that, taking the focus, you know, off of you, but lifting others up. But also to read through a psalm a day, and. Watch carefully how we can lament, how we can tell God what's on our heart in a simple way. When I first felt the weight of depression, I had to simplify life dramatically and not because I wanted to, but because it was the only way to survive. In some ways right now, I hear this word reset. We have all taken things off of our plate. Our schedules have been peeled down and reduced to just the very need of what needs to happen, a lot of us. And you know what? Maybe in some ways we all needed that just a little bit. But in my time of suffering, it wasn't because I wanted to. It was because all of my energy was just on getting through the day. Waking up, getting out of bed, drinking a glass of water, floating through my day, 
partially present, partially not. I mean, this was the very thickness of depression. It was like a cloak over me. It felt like a dark cloud. It still was part of that shock and understanding who I was. So my identity was, you know, I was rebuilding a lot of things in life. One thing that I had to do was I had to simplify my prayers. I couldn't go into these big, long, uh, passionate prayers. It was really simplified. Something like, Jesus, please be with me. Jesus, I need you. Thank you, God, that I'm still breathing. Thank you, God, that I can feel my heartbeat. Um, please help me to just get through the next hour. Every day at around 8 p.m., I would be completely paralyzed by the time because that's about the time that I had my accident. And it was like the clock would draw my attention and I could feel every second pass, almost like I was holding my breath. And I depended on the Lord for every second to me for that to pass and I would just watch and wait and when it would pass from the about the time of the accident I would just be like it's okay I made it through I don't know where you are in your place of depression and I know that everyone's gonna feel things a little bit deeper or not is dramatic. I really thought it was being overdramatic at the time. Now I, I find that I was having a normal response to an abnormal situation. Thank you, Dr. Knox. But at the time I didn't. So this leads me to another part of or another lesson. There will be fruit if you hold on and navigate this road. There, there will be fruit. The lessons that I have learned in coming out the other side of this journey, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm, I still struggle. I still have hard days. But here's some things that I have taken from this lesson of depression. Compassion. My heart grew in compassion for people, for my family, for my parents, um, for strangers. Understanding that I, I was so selfish before the accident. Understanding how judgmental I might have been, even though I tried to keep a very non-judgmental approach to the world, I realized that even that had a lot of work to do. I was stripped down to really having God rebuild me, rebuild my identity, rebuild my belief system, and really appreciate the people that God had put in my place to truly trust his provision. And that's something that is priceless. 
I also grew to not sweat the small stuff, to appreciate sacrifices, to understand mistakes that I had made, and how that truly was character building, that I wouldn't change anything, that my only control is how I respond and what I can do every single day to make the best of whatever comes. The greatest news is that everything was restored as far as faith, what really matters. And no matter what happens, guys, God has us. He does. Our normal may not look the same. And as much as that may make you upset or frustrated that I'm saying that, because that's part of grief, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. God is still on the throne. We can still petition to the Lord. We can reach out to heaven and ask for his guidance, his angels to protect us, his hedge of protection. We can still stand firm on his promises. But the picture of what God is painting in our lives may not look the way we have it in our mind. And what we have to do is trust him. Trust his word. Dig deep into his word. Surround yourself in prayer and ask. Seek the fruit that could come from this change in life. I pray that right now, you are filled with hope that everything's going to be okay. And not because I say so, but because God's word says so. No matter what the circumstance is, it's going to be okay. He still loves you. He is walking this with you. When we hurt, he hurts. When we cry, he weeps for us and with us. And when we rejoice, he rejoices. God, I pray a hedge of protection around my friends. I ask that you would guard their hearts against bitterness, against resentment, against any principality, thought, destructive thought. Lord, I pray against all things that work against your word. I ask that you would just fill us, Lord, that we are your temple. Fill us, Lord, with your spirit, with courage, with peace, with kindness, with gentleness, with self-sacrifice, Lord, with joy, God, I pray for joy to bubble up inside all of us. I pray, I pray for the reset. I pray for the renewing. I, I pray for the recharge. I pray for all things to become new. Lord, we are expectant 
of a whole community, a global community, to come out of this more unified. I pray for the revival. I pray for the thousands upon tens of thousands upon hundreds of thousands that may reach reach out to you in their time of need. And God, that you will meet them where they are. You will comfort them. You will protect them. You will show your love. You will show your unconditional love. You will show how you provide. You will work miracles. You will make a way. And you will make us a stronger people. The true body of Christ. I thank you, God, that the body of Christ will come together. And that Jesus you will be known and felt around the world. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the lessons. I thank you that I have this testimony that isn't pretty, but I give it to you, God. I thank you that you love me, even though I make mistakes. I thank you that There is nothing that can separate your love from me or anyone else. I thank you that that you make all things new and that we can find our hope in you. We can find our joy in you. And I trust you with it. I trust you with this, God. I pray that everyone at the sound of my voice will be in agreement And that today, we will start looking for the lessons learned in suffering. And for all my friends who are struggling with depression, God, I rebuke it. I rebuke that that cloud, that weight be torn, that veil be taken away. And that we still see the sun shining And we still know that you are on the throne. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So before I leave, and I know this is heavy, and it certainly wasn't the jokester episode I had planned about joy and how the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy joy. And how we can't lose our smile. I still pray that you put that into practice. There is something out there that can bring you joy. Whether it is just a meme or a neighbor or a bird or a ladybug that lands. I don't know. Find the joy. It's there. I promise if we go looking for it, it's there. And it's okay. Despite whatever else you're going through, it's okay to take a break from all the feels and experience joy. So here is Psalm 1, and I do, I encourage you to read a psalm a day, if that's all you can do. We do we're not going anywhere right now, folks, right? So I'm going to read to you um, the first psalm, and this is from uh, the New King James Version. So here you go. Blessed is the man who walks not by the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I saw my day. Make it simple. So, just to review. You are not alone. You're not alone. And don't allow yourself to be isolated. After the book of Job, after the circumstance, is the book of Psalms, where we freely can bring our sorrow and our feelings to the Lord, and we praise Him. Those are two examples of what we can do in this time and in this season. Talk to Him simply. If all you can get out is, Jesus be with me. God, I need you. God, I need you. When I was in one of the most desperate spots of rock bottom, I mean, I had new levels of rock bottom through uh, my season after the accident, but one of them, when I felt rock bottom, is all I could do was cry out, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Lord. So I was going about my day, but in my mind, I had to say, I love you, Lord. Part of the reason I said this over and over and over again was kind of like Job, like, but I love you. I've given, I've devoted my life to you, Lord. And it was a question and it was a statement and it was a declaration. It was all the things I needed. It was a simple phrase that I could say. I could get that out. It's all I could get out, guys. It's all I could get out. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. And maybe that's where you are. Make it simple. And then the other thing is there will be fruit. Hold on. Look for the fruit. Look for the fruit. Stay planted. Stay planted and rooted in the Word of God. There will be fruit. Like compassion like generosity, like selflessness, like courage, provision. There will be fruit, guys. Just hold on. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that you found hope in this message. Remember to seek hope and share it with others. Something inside of you someone else needs to hear. Thank you so much for your support in listening to Accidental Hope. It's been one of the best things I ever decided to do, just to say yes. So thank you for celebrating with me my one-year anniversary last week of 45 episodes of Accidental Hope. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hope you come back next week. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to the Accidental Hope Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs on Wednesday. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page.